Okay, so um, first of all, I guess hopefully everyone's going to have a great Pesach. And as I was preparing a little bit for uh, the Haggadah, um, I guess for the to try to make Pesach somewhat meaningful for myself and others. Um, so I was going through some of the storyline about the four children, and I was trying to figure out which one of them I am. <laughs> And through that discovery, I uh, found some interesting uh, thoughts that I wanted to share. Um, so first of all, I was reading through the, you know, in the Haggadah, the Taurus Chaim Haggadah, you know, it has like a lot of the Rishonim that discuss some of the backgrounds of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the Taurus Chaim, he quotes a Ritva who says an interesting thing, it's just general background. He says, Hashem wanted us to talk about the Indian of Yitzhak Mitzrayim with our children. And because it's such an important thing to teach all the lessons um, about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that's why Hashem said that we should um, teach it to each of our children, in a way that would be helpful and appropriate to each of them on their own. So I guess he's highlighting that, you know, this is really the concept of trying to teach to each person, you know, in a way that's going to be beneficial for them. I guess, you know, Shlomo Melech tells us that that's really a general concept about chinuch and about learning, about education, is that, you know, but it sounds like Hashem specifically wants each of the messages to be unique and appropriate in this scenario, based on the importance and significance of the messages that are involved, which sounds like just a good uh, general background. But one of those messages was to the Ben Russia, whatever exactly the Ben Russia refers to. But in a way, it clarifies something that we all know that the goal of working with this Ben Russia, however exactly he's understood, the goal is really to try to educate him and inspire him based on the storyline of Yitzhak Mitzrayim to get closer to Hashem. And the Ritva is saying this is one of the examples of how the Torah is teaching us to tell over the storyline of Yitzhak Mitzrayim in order to inspire and encourage. So we want to inspire and encourage a Chacham in one way that's appropriate and helpful to him, a Tam in a way that's appropriate to him as well, the Shania um, de Elishal in a way that's appropriate for him and the Russia in a way that's helpful and appropriate for him. And maybe it's appropriate to tell over somewhat of a different message to each person, but the goal is really the same, to educate and inspire um, any, each of the different children in order to help them get closer to Hashem and to accomplishing their goals and their in this world to a higher degree than they were beforehand. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, that the Ritva is highlighting to us something that we know that we want to teach the message to each of the different children in a way that's going to be most helpful and most appreciate and most uh, beneficial for each of the different kids. Um, so one of the things that I noticed also about all of the different children, especially when you think about the Chacham, that a lot of his question is like, what's the purpose, context, and benefit of the mitzvahs? 
right? Maha edas vachukim amishpatim asher tziv Hashem lekenu eschem. And in a way, there's a slightly different variation among the different Rishonim about what exactly he's asking about. You know, the Svarno says, you know, why do we need more than, um, you know, the mitzvah of following in Hashem's ways and the Zion mitzvah is B'nai Noach. Like, isn't that enough? If that's enough for other Marishon, the stomach should be enough for us. Like, why do we need so many more responsibilities? Like, what's the purpose? What's the benefit? Um, the Ramban has his pshat, where it's like a unique kind of question to try to understand what the different um, responsibilities are about. Like the Edus, who wants to clarify what exactly um, are we being made about. The Chukim, like if we can't really understand the reasons, like so what is the purpose so much. The Mishpatim, like all the different punishments for the different Averos, like why are they so significant. So the Chacham, he's looking to understand, like, hey, what's this all about? You know, the Ben Rasha is described as, he looks at the storyline. Some of the Rishonim really bring a really cool chat. Um, some of the Rishonim say that we're talking about, you know, the Rasha who's sitting at his father's table. And he's saying, like, you know, we're here. We, wanna, we want the food. <laughs> like, why are we hacking? Why are we spending so much time with all this Torah? Like, why, why can't we get to the food already? Which is uh, really interesting because it sounds like the question is about the Torah. You know, unfortunately, we find this nowadays probably the most common kind of reality for a Jewish person is probably some sort of reformed traditional kind of person who's like totally okay with the concept of eating a little matzah, having some matzah bowls, totally okay. The Torah, like the extra work, you know, what's that about? Like the restrictions and the, like anything beyond, like I'll have a Seder, that's good, but bring me the food. Like, why do I need to worry about um, getting rid of the chametz? You know, that's tercha, that's annoying. Like so anything that's annoying, that's part of Judaism, like is really put on the side. Zoom is the greatest invention because I don't have to leave my home, you know, to go to services. I can feel good. And unfortunately, you know, that's really the reality. Like, why would we need anything more than that? Like, why should we be responsible? So whether the Jew is coming from like an, a question of like, hey, what's this all about? Like, why do I have to do anything that's hard and annoying? Or if the question is about, hey, I want to understand Judaism a little more. Like, it's really hard to understand why Michal um, Shabbos has a chi of skila. You know, that's like hard to understand. Like, well, why would there be such a thing? And sometimes the questions are like, Mazos, you know, like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, what's it all about? Or unfortunately, so many Jews are in the position where, like, Judaism, like, I don't know, like, I don't even, I don't have any questions. I know what Judaism is. Judaism, Judaism is matzo balls. Like, what else would there be? Like, is there more? Like any day Elisha, like I don't even know what there might be to, in order to even begin asking. So a lot of the questions really relate to things that are very relatable, like in our world, you know, where like there's certain things where maybe like this sounds annoying and ridiculous. Like, why would you guys be doing this stuff? Like, it's definitely not for me, I'm not interested. Um, or if it's like, hey, you know, Torah is complicated. Even the Hashkafa Torah is complicated. 
the halachas of the Torah, like why, what? Why would there be such things? Like, I'm interested, I'll do it, but like, I have no way to relate to such things. Or just, you know, mazos, like, I don't know, like, what's it about? What's going on? What's, so one of the things that hit me is if we wanted to know where are we in the spectrum? So I would say that probably we can challenge ourselves to figure out which parts of Torah are we in the guidelines of the Chacham. The Chacham saying, listen, Nasev and Ishma, whatever Hashem wants, I'm going to do it. Regardless whether I understand it, don't understand it, Nasev and Ishma, I'm doing it. Hopefully based on, you know, Bitachon, maybe based on Achrayis, maybe based on some other reasons, but I'm in. But like Maha Edus, like I don't, I'm not really sure I can identify and understand um, what exactly I'm doing with Shabbos. Like, what is Shabbos about? What's the beauty of Shabbos? Like, what's the concept of Shabbos? What exactly am I doing, being made about? Like, what am I trying to represent? Like, how do I connect in a meaningful way to what the mitzvahs are about? You know, that relate to Shabbos and Pesach and, you know, all of the edos, all the kinds of mitzvahs that relate to um, testifying about, you know, the the world around us. David, welcome. Great to see you. Um, always a pleasure. Um, okay. Be seen. Howdy. <laughs> All right. I was trying to change the name on the thing. So. Okay, there we go. Okay, David. Um, we're just, I was just, just learning about David and Goliath this morning. So, uh, you know, Seeing David, you know, brings up <laughs> some good feelings. Um, so, in a way, I think we could probably all relate to Maha Eda, Maha Edos. You know, really trying to identify with all the mitzvahs like Shabbos and Pesach and, you know, Shema and Tfilin and Mezuzah, like in a more meaningful kind of way, like to try to relate to that. The Chukim, probably we would like to know. We, we're one, we probably do wonder to some extent, like these chukim, why, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Like, can I relate to it in a, in a meaningful kind of way, even if it doesn't necessarily bother us, but coming from like a good place, coming from a place of chachma, of wisdom, of the ben chacham who wants to know, how can I relate to it in a more meaningful kind of way? Mishpatim, I'm telling you, learning with... Uh, people who are in the process of learning more about Torah. Um, we've been doing Sanhedrin for a while. You go through a lot of interesting discussions. We just did Kainoim Pogenbos, about three blot of it for Bol Aramis. Uh, it's been an interesting experience doing that with some people who are uh, not exactly married to from Yidin or uh, take out the from Bar. So, uh, you know, why is it so significant? What's that about? You know, skila for Chil Shabbos, you know, it's complicated, <laughs> you know, and you have to like present it. So in a way, it forces us to try to have like some context. Like, why is it so significant? Like these punishments, like, okay, Borah is a problem, but skila, you know, is pretty, pretty serious. So how do we understand that? How do we relate to it more? So the Ben Chacham, we could probably all put ourselves in that box. Like, yes, I am a Ben Chacham, and I have these questions, and I would like to know the answers a little better.
And so we could probably put ourselves in that box. Um, the Tom, there are probably areas of Avodah Hashem where we could probably challenge ourselves to be thinking about, you know, there are whole areas of Avodah Hashem that we probably are a little bit like Mazos. You know, starting Parshas Vayikra, you know, a little bit about, you know, Karbanos. Um, probably most of us would be a little bit in the gather of Mazos about those things. Like, I don't know, Mazos, what's this all about? Kachim, Taharis, I'm not saying that we should know necessarily, you know, just based on our priorities, but I would imagine Mazos is something that we could probably identify with. Um, imagine trying to give a shear on, uh, on Parshas Vayikra to um, Nanfrum, like, Am I, what? <laughs> what are we doing? What's this all about? I don't even know, you know, much more of a sophisticated question other than Mazos. Um, probably any day Elishal. There are probably some areas of Vodas Hashem that are certainly, we're in that gather of, I don't even know what to ask. Like, I don't even know that I'm missing things. You know, you think about the Masil Sisharim, you know, he talks about Chachamim and his generation who are together any day Elishal when it comes to Musr. You know, oh, wow, what a cutie. He's a big man over there, Dave. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, wow. Amazing. Oh, boy. Okay, so That's I would Robert imagine Goldman. a lot of the people who are, who were in the time of, you know, the Masil Sasharim, you know, who were the time of Rabbi Yisrael, like who probably in many ways looked at themselves as Chachamim. And the Masil Sasharim and Rabbi Yisrael are saying, you know, they're a little bit in the gather of Mazos at best, but maybe less than Mazos when it comes to, you know, what would I even study? Like, I know the, uh, the general concepts, but you're a prat of lo yakirim. Sounds a little bit like an any day alishal, you know, like, like, I have no idea. Like, I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know that I'm missing something. Like, there's a whole area of wisdom that relates to Chachmas Musar or even the concept of general Musar study. And I'm an Eni Yudea Lishal about that. So we could probably imagine if the Chachamim of the generation of the Misel Sasharim were together Eni Yudea Lishal of really, really important parts of Vodas Hashem. So we might also be in that gather, that there might be really important parts of Vodas Hashem that we don't even begin to know, you know, what we're missing. Um, so before uh, going to child number four and seeing whether we can relate to some aspects of that. So what would you say about one, two, and three, right? One, I assume, is pretty posture. We could all relate to the fact that there's a lot of Avodah Hashem out there that we would like, that we know about. We're together Nasav and Ishma on it. We really want to do it, but we really want to relate to it in a more meaningful kind of way. And, you know, when it comes to both the Seder night or it comes to... Um, a week before the Seder night, you know, we probably are asking ourselves, you know, how do I bring myself to relate to this in a more meaningful kind of way? You know, whether it's Shabbos or Tefillin or Mezuzah or Tefillah or a lot of areas of the Sashem that we're ready to do our best, but we would want to relate to it in a more meaningful kind of way. We want to understand it better. We want to know why am I responsible to do this? And what is it that I'm responsible to do and how do I get myself to like embrace it 
in a more meaningful and passionate and dedicated kind of manner. So that we could probably easily relate to. But um, sometimes more than others, probably, for some mitzvahs, maybe more than others. But what about the Tom and any Yudayalishal? Like, I think I can certainly relate to a number of areas where Tom, at best, you know, where, like, Mazos, like, <laughs> I don't really know, what, what is this about? Um, without much more sophistication. Or any Yudayalishal, I, I guess Carbonos are like an easy kind of way, you know, thing to, to relate to because they're so distant from us. But I guess, you know, really, I, I would challenge myself, and maybe we can all really challenge ourselves to see what areas of Avodah Sashem might we really not have much of a sophisticated idea about what they're about. You know, what they're about, what we might be missing. So I guess it's easy, you know, within the Masil Sasharm kind of world where he's telling us, beyond the actual practical mitzvos, you know, that a person might be pretty knowledgeable in the areas of, you know, what Hashem wants from us. Because I guess we generally practically know a lot of, you know, the mitzvos that are relevant to us in our lives. But probably as the Mesil Susharim says, that there's a lot of chachma out there and a lot of responsibility out there that relates to something other than the technical mitzvos. So probably each of us are more educated and more in tune with certain areas of what Ms. Elsa Sharm is talking about. You know, whether it's for one of us, it's about compassion and kindness. For someone else, it's a little bit more about integrity. For someone else, it's a little bit more about tefillah. For someone else, it's a little bit more about appreciating the greatness of Hashem as far as the areas that we're more in touch with. But probably all of us have maybe one of those areas or one of the other important areas that, you know, the Mesil Sasharim teaches us about that are Yisodos in Avodah Sashem that are so, so, so important, but they're so easily, you know, just totally overlooked at times. So I would, would imagine, you know, thankfully we have had great rebellion and had great resources to enable us to get more connected to some of those areas. But there's probably someone out there who's within our little social group, you know, who really is very good at some of those areas, but maybe appreciating the chaste Hashem is not really his thing that he ever really connected to at all. Or maybe to someone else, really having a meaningful connection during tefillah is something that they've never really connected to. Or to someone else, you know, really having a sense of, you know, compassion and, and dedicated kindness toward others is not something they never really connected to. Or, you know, taking any one of those areas that Mr. Sasharim was talking about, where he's saying that there's such fundamental yesodos, but we could really be irreprotably accurate. We could be missing the boat on the whole area. We could really be very distant from any meaningful relationship with, um, you know, these kinds of areas. So I would probably challenge ourselves to see, are there any of these meaningful areas of Bodhis Hashem that are just very, very distant from me? And maybe there are the kinds of things that maybe hopefully someone will inspire me to get involved in, or maybe even more importantly, I'll do a little self-analysis with a little self-awareness and I'll see 
hey, what did the Mesilas Hasharim include in that list of things? And are there any of those things that really are super important that I haven't really connected to in a really long time? And, you know, we're all busy and we have a billion priorities and it's hard to prioritize everything. But sometimes we realize that I am really missing the boat in this area and it's a big boat and um, really far from the boat. So it could be like Tila is a great example. You know, sometimes, you know, we get so busy in life and such an important thing. We'll say the words, we get it in before Zman Kriyashma, but a meaningful relationship with Tila is something that probably a lot of well-meaning Ofte Hashem, you know, are very far from. Who are really being makir the chaste Hashem and really having a meaningful um, experience with being makir the chaste Hashem could be something that is obviously so fundamental. Or focusing on bitachon and having a meaningful relationship with bitachon, and you know, so many areas of meaningful avodas Hashem could easily be like slipping, you know slipping out the back door without us really connecting to it in a meaningful kind of way. So I think really motivating ourselves to recognize which areas of meaningful of Hodas Hashem my someone together and Pesach's like a good time to really uh, sit down and recognize that. Um, so those are my initial thoughts before getting to the more challenging one. Any, um, uh, what do any feedback on those? Uh, please feel free to uh, share. Rabbi, wouldn't you say that uh, meaning we may not have to jump from different areas, but we do have a different relationship and different things. It's the same thing. Meaning, you could you could have fila, you could have something uh, up and down, closeness and understanding. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get into the Saman Kirishim, other times you feel inspired. Certain certain parts of Tfila you connect with more and certain parts you don't uh, certain mm-hmm. times, you know, like, isn't everything, uh, isn't everything like on a spectrum to begin with? Uh, some, you know, some, some ups, some some downs, some closeness, some further, mm-hmm. you know, even there are certain, sometimes to Carbonos you could relate better to than, I don't know, to Tfila and sometimes, you know, Shabbos would be a more of a closer feeling than others than other mm-hmm. times. Right. So I guess what, um, if I'm understanding what you're saying properly, I think what David is saying is that certainly, even in any realistic manner, even if there is something that we connect to, there are going to be times where, where we connect to it more and sometimes less. And I think that's certainly a realistic um, picture that best case scenario, we're going to be somewhat engaged in most or many areas of Vodas Hashem at the same time. And realistically, it's going to be very, very difficult to imagine being meaningfully engaged in all areas of Vodas Hashem um, at any given time. So that's certainly true, but just like as a muscle, you know, if, um, if I never really bumped into, uh, you know, Reb Shayakon, I'd probably, probably, I would probably be much more of an any day alishal when it comes to bitachon, because, like, there's a certain perspective, you know, that he has brought to my life, that I wouldn't even know that I'm missing, 
you know, it's just like one kind of example. I don't mean to, you know, specifically highlight, you know, that's like one area that I know that like I would have no exposure to a certain kind of meaningful relationship with Bitachon. And I wouldn't even know that I'm missing anything in that area. But he, on a personal note, he's been very, very inspiring to me, like in that whole kind of area. And, you know, that's something that it would probably take a lot of self-awareness to even realize that that might be something that I'm missing. And, uh, you know, probably if we think of some of the role models that we've had in our lives and some of the rabbeim that we've had, who have brought out certain areas of Vodas Hashem that would have been so far from being even on our radar at all. And in a way, recognizing that, hey, is there anything that really could be on my radar that really isn't on my radar? And even if it becomes on my radar, David's telling me, okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to become, I'm going to, I should be doing Ian a little more. I'm probably not going to learn a sugya the way Rabbi Shmimin learns a sugya, you know, anytime in the near future. <laughs> so that's true, realistically. Okay, but I, maybe I haven't done Ian in five years because I've been too busy and too preoccupied with other things. And maybe I do really have the ability to prioritize it now, but I haven't really been thinking about it. I haven't really been, um, hasn't been on my radar. So like, I just too personal. <laughs> okay. I just mean that there, but for all of us, I think that there are areas that maybe we're even together, Shani Adelishal, I don't even know what I'm missing. I don't even know that there are important areas of Odes Hashem that I don't even have ups and downs on it because I don't even know that it's there. I don't even have it on my radar at all. So one kind of any Adelishal is someone who never had it on his radar. I think a similar kind of any Adelishal is someone who maybe has it on his radar, but it's uh, it's like blanked out from the radar because we're too busy, we haven't focused, we haven't thought about it. And practically it ends up being the same as any Adelishal because it's so much not on our radar that it's not relevant in our lives at this current moment. So we're not asking because it's not even on our radar to ask ourselves, how do I get it to be more meaningful in my life because we're not even thinking about it. But I think as far as the fourth area, I would imagine that there are important parts of our Vodas Hashem that probably every from Jew who's passionate about serving Hashem has certain parts of Vodas Hashem that are really maybe in the category of Ma Vodas Oslochem. I guess a mushal would be who likes Yisurin and Nisyonos? You know, raise our hands. No one. Um, we don't like that. <laughs> Obviously, Hashem is giving it to us as our avoda. And this is part of our responsibilities in life. And this is part of our opportunity to grow closer to Hashem. And Hashem is giving us, you know, these mitzvos, the mitzvos of dealing with our Nisyonos and our challenges in um in an appropriate and productive kind of manner. And probably all of us, to some extent, really do say Nasa Minishma on it, and we do gain from it and grow from our experiences in a meaningful kind of way. But there are probably certain aspects where we're like, no, I'm not interested in dealing with this in a productive and appropriate kind of way. That's not what I'm doing with this uh, opportunity. 
I'm going to get angry and I'm going to get upset and I'm going to ignore my responsibilities. And I'm certainly not going to focus on, you know, growing from this experience and getting closer to Hashem from this experience. So I think that's like one kind of example where maybe we do say, like, no, not interested. <laughs> it's, uh, this is not something that I'm going to embrace as the avoda that Hashem has given to me as an opportunity to grow as a human being and to grow closer to, uh, to Hashem in this kind of area. There might even be some you know, tangible mitzvot that we might even do, but you know, if we have like a negative attitude about it, like why do I have to be doing this? Like what's this tircha all about? It's too hard. I can't connect to it. I'm not getting involved in it in a meaningful kind of way. It's just not my thing. This is not an area that's important to me. So whether it's something like, you know, Shnai Mikra for, uh, I don't know what percentage of from Jews, you know, decide Ma'avo does Lachem when it comes to Shnai Mikra. Um, you know, it's certainly an area that I know that I have to do it. I know that I should be doing it. I don't really see the benefit in doing it. It's annoying and it's a terachah and I'm not doing it is probably the attitude that certainly is pervasive. Lashon um, Hara, it's a big terachah. I'm not interested in uh, not talking about the gossip that either brings me covered or the kind of gossip that really it's about someone who has really hurt me in my life. And I'm not interested in not speaking Lashon Hara about them. It's just not something that I'm doing. I'm not interested in doing that. So in a way, you know, I think it takes a little self-awareness and a certain um, honesty and integrity, you know, looking into ourselves. But I think we should maybe challenge ourselves or even if it's not relevant to us, probably it's relevant to the next guy, which probably means that it is relevant to us. But we could probably, you know, always a good tachbul is to see if, you know, the next uh, from Jew, you know, does it. Yeah, totally. I totally see everyone else doing it. So we probably do it as well. Where there's certain areas of Vodas Hashem where we maybe do Mahatorah Hazos. Why do I have to do this? I'm not interested. I don't want to be doing this area of Vodas Hashem. This guy's a jerk. He's hurt me. He's getting under my skin. And I'm going to talk about him when I want to talk about him. Maybe I'll find a marathon here and there, but the sort of why I'm doing it is because I want to, <laughs> and I'm not interested in um, keeping the mitzvah because it's not something that I want to be doing. It's not something I relate to. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's annoying, and I'm not interested. So I think that at the same time, in a way, many of us can relate to being the chacham where we have Benogayat in many areas of Vodas Hashem. We have Nasev and Ishma as our attitude. Hashem, whatever you tell me, I'm going to do it. I'm motivated. I'm interested. I want to do it. Not only that, but I want to relate to it better. I want to understand better Moha Edos. How do I get more involved? And we have the passion of trying to relate to Shabbos and the Kedusha of Shabbos and the connection to Hashem on Shabbos and we want to relate to it more, and sometimes we're frustrated because we can't, and we're passionate about trying to grow in those kinds of areas. And we sometimes reach out to whether it's our dad, our Rebbe, our friend, or our Sefer, or just 
trying to think about, about it on our own. How do I get more involved? How do I understand and appreciate the benefits of the mitzvahs? And we can certainly relate to that. We can probably certainly relate to the fact that for some mitzvahs, like I wish it was more than just a mazos. Like, w- what is this? And, you know, we really would want to be more involved, but we can recognize about ourselves that some areas of Voda Hashem are, you know, we're not necessarily so educated, we're not so motivated, we're not so involved. We would love it if someone would come and motivate us and inspire us and educate us to how we could get more involved. How could I move this area of my Avodah Hashem from being just mazos to being something meaningful? And, you know, so many people have that feeling about learning. I wish learning was much more than mazos. But like with learning, like, it's like, all right, whatever. (laughs) I wish I was more involved. I wish I was more motivated. I wish I was more passionate about it. But I don't even know where to begin. And I'm not actively looking for and searching for moha edas vachukim. My attitude is much more like, all right, and mazos, what is it? (laughs) What's going on? Inspire me. Um, go for it. If you got to Levincha, someone come tell me. I don't know. Right now, I'm just neutral. But there are probably also at the same time certain areas of Hashem where we can sense that the resistance is not just a lack of a positive. The resistance comes from a certain kind of like friction in that area where we feel like, you know, this kind of area of Hashem gets under my skin. And it's something that probably on a good day, we'd rather not have it get under our skin. But on an average day, you know, some of our attitude is like, Hashem like, I don't know, Hashem, Hashem wants you to do, okay, you do it. Hashem wants you to not speak Lashon Hara about your employer who's a jerk. Okay, you do that. I'm not interested. Like if I want to complain about my employer, I want to complain about my um, person in my life who's annoying to me, I'm going to do it and I'm not interested. I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't want to hear a speech that's going to inspire me not to speak Lashon Hara about the people I want to speak Lashon Hara about. I don't want um, to hear a speech about the fact that I should be learning more. I don't want to hear a speech about the fact that I should be more careful about what I watch and what I look at. Like, I'm just not interested. I don't want to hear about it and leave me alone. So, you know, when we talk about Arasha, Arasha is in this kind of context really often means someone who's having this feeling of Maha Torah, like, what's this about? Like, why? It's annoying. I don't relate to it. Leave me out of it. So I think in a way it's good to identify it within ourselves only because then we could maybe be inspired to see so what is the reaction, right? The goal of the Seder is for whoever's the Rasha one year, you know, the next year he should be, you know, a little closer to Maha Edas Vachukin. The guy who is disinterested is supposed to get inspired by the messages of Yigad Levincha to the extent where, whoa, I see that there's something there. There's something meaningful. There's something, God is the one who took us out of Egypt and he gave us a purpose in life. And Hashem wouldn't have saved me from Mitzrayim because like Hashem set up a system in the world where when we earn our right to, I don't know, earn our right, uh, Rabbi Shemim is going to yell at me for those words. I don't really mean it in that context. But Hashem gives us the opportunity to see the truth and the wisdom of really acting in an appropriate fashion. 
and Hashem gave me a purpose in life that He wants me to connect to. And if I don't connect to my purpose, I'm not going to really be able to enjoy the benefits of having connected to that purpose and having developed myself. So maybe the message of, look, there's the Yetzirah Mitzrayim. Hashem made the world. Hashem created the world. Hashem created the world based on chesed. Hashem wants us to connect to that chesed. It changes the world in order to enable us to be inspired to connect to that chesed. Like maybe it's not It's not annoying and purposeless and meaningless and valueless kind of mitzvos. So I guess in a way, you know, when we think about, you know, what is the message that can bring, let's say if we think of, you know, the classic, you know, Russia that's in our minds and we want to bring him closer to Hashem. We would want to share with him, you know, the mindset, you know, the people who like out here, you know, that you can bump into who are like strong-minded, um, it's not, you don't see it so much, but strong-minded uh, reform that add Torah and mitzvahs are ridiculous. What are you doing? So the goal is like, come, let's learn. Let's see what are, what is the purpose in life about? What are, what is the context of Torah and mitzvahs? What are the benefits of it? Why does Hashem create such a system? You know, where there are all kinds of Torah, all kinds of benefits to the Torah and mitzvahs. And in a way, if we look within ourselves and see, you know, whether it's about Lashon Har or about an annoying person, you know, why would Hashem want me to not speak Lashon Har about such an annoying person? It's so hard for me. It's so difficult. He hurt me. He shattered you know, my, my hopes, my dreams, my aspirations. Like, why would Hashem want me to have to work on myself to see him in a positive light? Like, why does Hashem give me these misyonos and these sorrows, you know, that are really so difficult to deal with? And then he wants me to embrace them and to use them to bring me closer to, to hachna and, and gratitude and all kinds of um, productive midos developments. Like, I'm not interested. Make my life easier. Work through the hard times. So in a way, when we can you know, really try to see that Hashem gives us these amazing um, opportunities, really so much for our benefit. So then we can, uh, oh, Ivan, welcome. Uh, what is this? Thank you for joining us. You came, I noticed you here just at the right time. Ivan certainly been a great inspiration to me, you know, as far as this kind of area of like, Ivan, how many people out there are there that you've inspired who have looked at areas of their lives that are so challenging and so difficult in some ways and help them see, no, this could be your greatest opportunity to really become a better person and to become the kind of person Hashem wants you to be? So, Ivan, uh, yeah, what do you say? Well, thank you so much for that difficult question. I'm walking in the street, so <clears throat> excuse me if you can't hear me. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. Very clear. Oh, okay. I'm very happy to be with you all. Uh, in terms of inspiring, I, as soon as I see Rabbi Schmidtman and yourself, the same way as Rabbi Shai Cohen inspires you with Peter Fon, you inspire me with wearing a kippah, with pride. You remember those days? Yes, I sure do. And running to shore in a sprint. <laughs> have you ever seen Rabbi Goldman running to shore in a sprint? I have. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, 
No, but for real, like when you think about a lot of the messages that I know that, you know, Ivan often talks about and really inspires other people too. And really like taking the aspects of our lives that sometimes we'd rather have than not be part of our lives and to stop and recognize, but Hashem made this part of my life for a reason. And our initial reaction is to resist it and to, you know, wish it away and to have a negative reaction to all the different challenges in our lives. And these are really, when you think about mitzvahs, mitzvahs are not just putting on tefillin. You know, mitzvahs are, you know, dealing with our nisyonos in life in a meaningful and productive manner. And how many times is it so easy to not see the purpose and benefits of having these challenges within our lives. And so much of the struggle and maybe so much of the opportunity to look at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and to see how could we be inspired to take the parts of our Avodah Hashem that we resist. You know, we all have them. They're all, we all have certain parts of our, of our Avodah Hashem that we resist them. And we say to ourselves, either consciously or sometimes just uh, beneath the subconscious, you know, beneath the consciousness, you know, these areas of my Avodah Hashem are annoying to me. I'm not interested in them and I'm not embracing them and I'm not listening in a meaningful kind of way to them. So I think we all have certain aspects of our Avodah Hashem that we resist. And in a way, so much of the message of the Seder is identify these things in our minds, try to put our finger on them and try to use the storyline of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to change our perspective on what the role and the function of these areas of Vodah Sashem could really be in our lives. And to really use that as an opportunity to really embrace them as the gifts that Hashem means to give us. You know, whether it's the annoying mitzvahs, you know, which, uh, you know, each of us are possibly annoyed by certain mitzvahs more than others or the ones that we find really difficult to embrace and to try to recognize Hashem specifically gave these to me in order to give me the greatest opportunity to grow from them. And I think we all have them in different ways and it might be different for each of us, which are the ones that are hard, which are the ones that are difficult. You know, for one person, it's the difficulty of being nice to, uh, you know, a family member because this family member is so annoying to me. Like, why do I have to deal with them? I'm not interested. I'm not going to embrace my opportunity to work on my midos and to really care about them and be there for them in a meaningful kind of way with the right boundaries, of course. But, you know, or whether it's the kind of mitzvah where the nuances in the mitzvah like come up exactly at the wrong time, at the time that interfere with, you know, the different kinds of parts of my schedule that I'm more interested in doing. Or if it's the kind of mitzvah that just relates to the nisyonos of life, where instead of embracing them as a gift from Hashem, certainly it's a hard job, but to slowly really work on embracing them with emunah and bitachon and that recognition that I can grow from this. I can develop myself into a better person you know, by going through these misiones. So I guess in a way, the goal of the Seder is really to look into our purpose in life, why Hashem gave us life, why Hashem gave us mitzvot, why Hashem gave us each opportunity and each situation in our lives and to know that it was tailor-made for us and for our benefit. To recognize that, you know, as we answer to the Chacham, you know, we say that it's just letovlach, this is all for your benefit. Hashem gave us all these mitzvot in order to 
help us benefit from having the mitzvahs. And in a way, that's really the same message to, you know, the Russia that, you know, Hashem created life. Hashem created um, all people with an opportunity to survive or to grow, you know, every day and to get closer and closer to their meaningful uh, purpose in life. And Hashem didn't create the world just to have fun and relax and, you know, and to party without responsibility. So when we're telling the Russia about the concept of responsibility, that's the greatest gift in the world, that Hashem gave us the opportunity to have responsibility. And the fact that we have a responsibility means that we have a purpose, we have a significance, we have a goal. Hashem didn't create the world. He didn't create you for the purpose of just relaxing. Hashem didn't create you for the purpose of just being and living. Hashem created you for a meaningful purpose. And Hashem changes the world for the purpose of um, helping us recognize our purpose. He's not going to change the world just to help people uh, relax and, and enjoy themselves without really connecting to a meaningful purpose. Or maybe he would, but that's not what Yitzhak Mitzrayim is about. So I think in a way, if the goal is both, let's say for others, someone who's experiencing the goal is next year, he should be experiencing you know, how do we help someone transition from what's this all about? What's going on? Why do you need this? What's, what's the significance? What's all these Torah and mitzvahs? Like what's going on here? And really, in a way, it was very cute. Someone was asking me, I was talking to an old friend of mine, and he asked me, like, what are you guys trying to do in Kirov? Like, how does the world of Kirov work? And it was just a cute way as I was preparing for Pesach. Um, it was like a good perspective. The goal is to take someone who has a mindset of Maha Vodazos Lachem and bring him to asking the questions of Maha Edas Vachukimamishvatim. And then to help him answer those questions, right? So, so much of the mindset that so many people have is that Torah and mitzvot are all kinds of meaningless um, responsibilities that God may or may not have placed upon people. And because I don't relate to it and I don't understand it, I'm not going to embrace them. And the goal is really to recognize, no, there's truth and there's beauty and there's significance and purpose and there's value in the Torah and mitzvot. And let's recognize that and let's develop a curiosity to understand and relate to it even more and to get more involved. And that should bring up like an interest and a passion like, hey, I just want to know more. I want to understand it more. I want to know more of what the practical mitzvot are and I want to know more about what the reasons for the mitzvot are. So Can I ask a question? Oh, please, yes. Yes, my, my question is that Lahora to empower somebody to accept that um, good education, they have to be willing to discover something very, very different than what they've been understanding and believing and living for some or quite a bit of their life. Mm-hmm. And we know people are extremely resistant to change, even when there is a valid hope, or at least some hope, that things could be significantly better. Mm-hmm. And that seems to apply to a person's most fundamental attitudes. Also, maybe even most powerfully, how I think about myself, 
Hashem, Torah, religion. In order for a person to really receive anything, it has to become open to discover something new and accept that whatever I thought before may have been totally misguided, erroneous, or childlike. And not somebody that I would want to maintain anymore for myself. I would rather discover an amazing, beautiful world that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. To empower somebody to do that, it would seem that they have to at least see an example of that in real life of someone who is also willing to engage in that, who is modeling that for them. Because otherwise, how can they, how can they possibly be expected or how can they be taught this? Of course, you know, good, good, uh, good talks, but not so, you know, adequate by itself. So doesn't that mean that one of the most important things that we need to bring to the table is this like fundamental principle that an, in any given day, we should be searching to discover entirely new understanding of important things in life and not be afraid of that, but on the contrary, to be one, five, two. open to that. And we need to be actually living that way in order to empower somebody else who we're trying to interact with to also be so courageous to live that way. And that may be at the real Iker point of Bechira that is taking here, Sir Lund. I need you to mute whoever, whoever's not muted, it needs to be muted. Okay. So, um, any thoughts on this, Rabbi? Um, I definitely agree with you. It's uh, having the role models of such would be. Well, I, don't mean, I, I don't mean role model of being a religious person, right. role model of a fine character, role model of someone who doesn't speak slanderously about other people. I don't mean the role model of you know, mm-hmm. being a fine, good, religiously observant person. Mm-hmm. I mean, a role right. model of someone who is not afraid to discover, oh, what I thought before was wrong. And that's okay. Because what I discovered now is so much better. And all the resistance that I had before was only based on a very fundamental misunderstanding due no fault of my own. <laughs> right. It's uh, <laughs> certainly a good... I think I have to come and offer them like the best wine that they never tasted before. And ask them, <laughs> do you want to taste some of this? <laughs> um, well, the best yeah, music is... they never heard before. Say, do you want to listen to this? Something that could like, like be a model of like, oh, there's something there that I don't know about, that mm-hmm. I could know about. That there should be no, there will be no more battle anymore of like, oh, is it really worth it? Do I have to suffer so much? This is all given to you. <laughs> of course, take some effort. Right, that's for sure. Um, Lamaisa, what I see, um, thankfully, is that not everyone is as open um, as each other, you know, when it comes to, you know, seeing the world and seeing things a little differently than they used to. But, you know, sometimes it's not so hard to be challenging people's initial assumptions 
you know, when they see something that looks and sounds a little more true than that, than that which they've been exposed to, you know, and, you know, certain things are really, really difficult. Like the Chacham's question of, you know, the Mishpatim, like why so extreme? You know, the Holocaust, you know, like why so extreme? You know, you have, those are the kinds of things that are really, really hard to like move, you know, move the question into a little bit more of a productive kind of uh, area. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, the question, things like that of, why, why are you guys so careful about Pesach? Like, what's that all about? Like, why are you guys searching for chametz? Like, why can't you guys, you know, do all these things on Shabbos that we can do? Like, why is it that, you know, you have to go through hard times in life? And sometimes, you know, just seeing like somewhat of a bigger picture, you know, which is, you know, like looking at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, recognizing Hashem runs the world, recognizing that Hashem, you know, loves and cares about every, like this morning we were learning about David and Goliath. So, you know, one of the uh, big questions that someone was like very fired up about was, you know, David took Goliath's head and paraded around, um, around Eretz Yisrael with it. And that was something that the person thought was very insensitive. And they were like, look, you see this ridiculous, like who is David? Who is King David? Like, what's he doing? And they were like very fired up about it. But in a way, you know, being able to discuss the fact that it was perfect timing, you know, right before Pesach, you know, really thinking about the fact that, you know, we don't say a full howl on day seven and eight. And really recognizing that Hashem says, you know, it gives us a sense that, you know, like Hashem wants us to celebrate the fact that we're saved from our enemies. But at the same time, looking into the halacha and seeing we practically don't do this for a reason. This is not just, you know, talk. This is actually the halacha that we're sensitive to the death of our enemies. These are Nazis. These are the people who squashed our babies. Yet at the same time, you know, we don't dance on their graves. So what was David Amalek doing? So it must be that maybe he had something else in mind. And so at first there was resistance. And then there was like, hey, what else could he have had in mind? What was he trying to do? And then let's look a little more carefully at the Psukim. And the Psukim say that before David fought Goliath, he said, you know what? I can't beat you. But I don't have to beat you because Hashem is on my side. And he said, I want, you know, my goal in this battle is not to show that I can beat you because I can't. You know, I have that humility and that recognition that I can't beat you. And even after I beat you, it's not me. Rather, I want people to recognize that Hashem is the one who runs the world and Hashem is the one who wins these battles. So in a way, it was just like one little example of, you know, the fact that we have a beautiful Torah and we have nothing to hide and the more educated people are about Torah, then the more that they get inspired to see like, hey, maybe I've been taught a scam, you know, until now. And the things that I've been exposed to, you know, weren't real. And maybe there is something that's more real out there. So what I found is a little bit, you know, people like, you know, they start to be a little more open, you know, to, th- to true Torah perspectives, you know, the more that they s- are somewhat exposed to it. Now, again, the about, about, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what could empower us mm-hmm. to enter a pursuit of mm-hmm. making our Torah life meaningful 
when we weren't given that on a silver platter. Ah. We weren't given everything that we need to make all of our Torah life experiences really real to us and meaningful to us and mm -hmm. alive to us. So there could be a natural tendency to like shut down and say, okay, I guess if I wasn't taught this, I don't need to know it. And that's it. You know, I guess everything is fine. So yeah. Somewhere deep a... down, there's a lingering doubt that maybe it's really not so fine. <laughs> able that's to have the, have the courage to say, I have to go search. And it's very hard. We don't have time. Who has time in their day? And we don't exactly know where to search. So it's very easy to shut down and give up and resign ourselves. It's able to have the the strength and the courage to pursue till we find that which will make our Torah life meaningful to us takes a lot. That's to be right. a real hope of it being really good. Right. So in a way, I guess one of the things that Rabbi Shmimin that you're highlighting is, you know, when you think about the Chacham's question, you know, the Rishonim each learned it somewhat differently, but what you're really highlighting is how do we know it's important to try to understand and in a way, the fact that that's embraced for all generations as a sign of wisdom, a sign of true Torah research, you know, where someone is searching for truth in Torah and it's described as a question that should be a natural question that our wisdom um, motivates us to ask and to research. In a way, that's really such a great lesson for, that we see from the Torah, that the Torah is saying it's not specifically about the Haggadah and about Pesach. According to most of the Rishonim is really just a general question about, I want to understand Torah and mitzvot. I have things that are hard for me to relate to and I can't really get more involved. I have a Nasa Vanishma attitude. I'm going to do them, but I want to understand them. I want to relate to them. I want to... Um, have a more meaningful understanding of what they're all about. So in a way, it still doesn't answer your question, but I think it's agreeing with your mindset so much that this is a super important part of Avodah Hashem is really asking this question. And then in a way, at least we have a direction for where to get some of the answers, which is that if that's the question and the Torah answers the question, the Torah says... Uh, Look, I have five psukim that at least give a context for how to address these questions. You know, where, you know, the Torah answers the question of the Chacham. Um, I do have to run in a minute, but just as like a little side question that I think is uh, interesting is the Torah asks this question of Moha You know, the Torah describes, you know, the, you know, the question that hey, what is the Torah and mitzvot all about? And the way the Haggadah answers the question is, Now, what exactly that answer is, is a really good question. But um, the way a lot of the Mepharshim seem to answer is, you teach them like all the different halachas and you address like certain specific questions that maybe the Chacham was asking. But what the Torah says is something very different. You know, what the Torah says is, um, where is this? Vav, Chaf. It says, V'amarta levincha avodamiyinu l'par v'mitzrayim, v'yotzeinu Hashem v'mitzrayim v'yot chazaka, v'yitin Hashem osus v'mosim v'dolim v'roim v'mitzrayim v'paro, 
it goes on for like about five psukim and it teaches us all kinds of different things. So just what's going on? Is the Baal Haggadah obviously is not arguing with the Torah. Um, so what is the Chacham's question? What is the answer? How do these two uh, fit together? And there are a number of other questions. You know, when you look at the way the Haggadah says over the questions and answers, and then you look at the Torah itself, as far as what the questions and answers are, there's a lot of uh, new insights, I think, that we w- will find. Most of them questions, but we might even find some answers. But I don't know the answer to, to, to that question, but I'm really curious to, to figure it out. Um, the Torah gives one answer, and the Haggadah, the Balagada gives a different answer. So it could be uh, that there's uh, a lot to learn. Either way, um, as in general, we're inspired by the Ramban who teaches us to look into the storyline of um, what happened in Mitzrayim and to really help it, you know, use that as a motivation for us to grow in our Amuna and our Bitachon, the recognition that, you know, this is like a factual evidence, you know, that we can see as though it's with our own eyes and use that in order to be inspired to really bring more Bitachon, you know, into our lives. And to use all the messages, you know, that somehow really give us the context of understanding the purpose and significance of each of the areas of Torah and mitzvot. Um, hopefully it's so easy, I know for myself and probably for most of us, to get so involved in just like getting through Pesach. And it's such so easy to have that mindset. I can't wait until I got through Pesach, not yelling at my mother-in-law too often. Thankfully, I love my mother-in-law and that's not particularly my challenge. But um, I got others. But, you know, if instead of like the mindset of let's survive um, Yantif, really trying to use this as an opportunity to really um, use, in, use Yantif in a very meaningful kind of way, hopefully we'll be Zoha to do that and to celebrate uh, many meaningful experiences with the Hashem together. Okay, I appreciate everyone joining thank us. Everybody. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for joining. Okay, everybody, and always a pleasure to see everyone. Okay, thank you so much. That's all.